This is Democracy on the Move. I'm Dan Schaefer, and this week there will be no theme music, no advertisements, not even any edits. I'm just recording on my iPhone, hoping for the best. I've been on vacation this past week or so, so I don't have any access to my recording studio, and I don't have any interviews. Well, like last week, I thought about just doing a rerun of an older episode, but then I decided to just share a few thoughts instead this week. It'll be a short podcast, so let me get started. This past week, my wife and I have been staying in the Netherlands, basing ourselves in a small village called Volendam. Our little bungalow faces the Eiselmeer, which is a 270-square-mile lake that separates parts of the Netherlands. And it's a great place to stay, though this time of the year it's a bit cold for most tourists. Even so, all the shops and restaurants are open, so it's really quite nice, despite the temperature hovering in the 40s. Now, we're here to visit with my wife's family, including her brothers and sisters and my two stepsons. It's been a busy week, and despite that, I just can't help myself. I spent some time researching the political situation here. Now, one of the biggest issues going on in the Netherlands these days involves livestock farmers. In the Netherlands, farmers have been protesting for several years now against various measures aimed at reducing nitrogen emissions, which are harmful to the environment and human health. These measures were introduced in response to a ruling by the Dutch Council of State in 2019 that found the country's nitrogen emissions exceeded the legal limit, which is a violation of EU law, EU being the European Union. So what's the big deal with nitrogen anyways? I mean, after all, 78% of the air that we breathe is nitrogen, but nitrogen is a gas. And that's not a problem as a gas, but the problem is that nitrogen combines with other elements to produce compounds that are considered harmful to our environment. For example, well, you probably know about this one, ammonia, which is NH3, is produced by the breakdown of animal waste. It contributes to acid rain and smog and respiratory problems. Nitrous oxide is another one, that's N2O. It's considered to be a greenhouse gas has been shown to deplete the ozone layer in our atmosphere. Nitrate, which is NO3, leaches into groundwater and surface water, causing excessive growth of algae and starving fish and other natural inhabitants of the water. And then there's nitrogen dioxide, that's NO2. It's a well-known contributor of air pollution and also causes respiratory problems in humans and in animals. Anyways, back to the farmers in the Netherlands. Uh, To comply with the EU regulations, the Dutch government has introduced several measures to reduce nitrogen emissions, including cutting back on livestock farming and reducing the use of fertilizers. Now, these measures have been met with resistance from farmers who argue that they are being unfairly singled out and targeted, and that their livelihoods are at risk. They feel the squeeze between low market prices for their products and the competition from larger factory farms, Oh boy, that's pretty similar to problems we have in the United States, isn't it, with these concentrated animal feeding operations, or CAFOs. So the Dutch farmers took to protesting. Now, it started in February of 2021 when the Dutch government introduced a new law aimed at reducing nitrogen emissions from livestock farming. Now, the law seems pretty heavy without much of an... I mean, the law seems pretty heavy without much of an on-ramp. That's my opinion, anyways. It requires farmers to reduce their livestock numbers by up to 30%, which many farmers feel is an unfair burden. They argue that they have already made significant efforts to reduce emissions and that further reductions will make their farms unviable. Now, to be fair, the Dutch government offered some relief. 
For example, they offered to buy out some farms. The buyout program is voluntary and aims to help farmers who want to retire or transition to more sustainable farming practices. And to that end, the government has set aside 350 million euro, which is about you know, somewhere around 370 million dollars, for this program. And the farmers who participate will receive compensation based on the value of their farms. However, some farmers are resistant to the buyout program. Many farmers have deep ties to their land and their farms, and the prospect of selling their farms can be difficult to accept. And in addition, some farmers are skeptical of the government's intentions and worry that the buyout program is a way to force them out of farming altogether. They also argue that the program won't be enough to address the broader issues facing the agricultural sector, such as low prices for agricultural products and competition from large-scale industrial farms, as I mentioned previously. Now, other farmers have raised concerns that the buyout program doesn't reflect the true value of their land and that they won't be able to afford to buy another farm or start a new business with the compensation that they receive. So, the Dutch farmers have been staging protests across the country, including driving their tractors into The Hague, which is the seat of the government, and blocking highways in the process. And some farmers have also flown the Dutch national flag upside down, which I've personally seen a lot of during this trip. It's a sign of distress and a symbolic gesture to show their dissatisfaction with the government's policies. Now, before you allow yourself to believe that the Dutch government is yet another in a series of big bad governments doing things to hurt their people, all in the name of protecting the environment, consider this. Consider that the government is also caught in a squeeze play of its own. As a member of the EU, the Netherlands is obliged to reduce nitrogen emissions and comply with EU regulations on nitrogen pollution. The EU has set limits on nitrogen emissions under various directives and regulations, including the National Emissions Ceiling Directive and the Water Framework Directive. So, as I said, back in February of 2019, the Dutch Council of State ruled that the Netherlands had exceeded the legal limit for nitrogen emissions, which was a direct violation of EU law. So as a result, the Dutch government felt it had to impose some drastic measures onto their own farmers. Now, at the top of this government food chain, the EU has also provided support to help member states reduce nitrogen emissions. For example, the Common Agricultural Policy, or CAP, provides funding for programs aimed at promoting sustainable farming practices and reducing nitrogen pollution. The EU has also introduced measures to promote the use of nitrogen-efficient fertilizers and reduce emissions from transport industry and energy production. But the harsh reality is that, compared to other EU countries, the Netherlands is among the countries with the highest levels of nitrogen emissions per acre of agricultural land. This is according to a report by the European Environmental Agency. And the report also found that the Netherlands had the lowest percentage of agricultural land under organic farming in the EU. Now, organic farming is a method that can help reduce nitrogen emissions. So the Netherlands is really behind the curve on this one. Now, the bottom line here is that the EU, like the United States, has made some obligations pertaining to the level of environmental harm being done by its industries, including agriculture. So the Dutch government is in damage control mode, which means that many of its farmers are bearing the brunt of new laws that squeeze them to the breaking point. At the same time, changing to a more environmentally sustainable way of farming is not something that can be done overnight. It's expensive, 
and bound to drive up farmers' costs to the point of putting them out of business. Now, to me, it seems that the government in the Netherlands, as well as the United States, is trying to fix the situation by using laws that directly cut into farmers' margins. I don't know enough about the situation to comment much more other than to say that countries like the Netherlands and the United States ought to look for ways to protect their farmers' margins while they convert their methods to more sustainable farming practices. Now, maybe this is already happening. I don't know. If you have any additional information on this topic, let me know. I can be contacted at dan at democracyandthemove.org. And for information about the challenges of farmers in the U.S., uh, check out the Missouri Rural Crisis Center at morural.com. That's M-O-R-U-R-A-L.com. You can learn more about some distressing situations, such as how foreign imported beef legally gets relabeled as American. Yes, that does happen. Doesn't seem fair, does it? Not fair at all to U.S. cattle ranchers. Well, that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And whether or not you agree with my concerns, I hope I was able to make you think. I don't want agreement. I simply want to inspire your ability to think and act on your beliefs. You've been listening to Democracy on the Move, a tribute to all those people and organizations who dare to reimagine our nation and drive it back to its original promise of democracy. Please tune in each week where we will feature guests and topics that will help keep you in touch with our march toward a more perfect union. If you have any questions or suggestions or if you'd like to sponsor future episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Just send us an email at info at democracyonthemove.org or contact us on our webpage at democracyonthemove.org slash contact. Democracy on the Move is all one word. I'm Dan Schaefer, your host for today's podcast. I'd like to thank you for tuning in. It's been my pleasure to be with you today. Please have a safe week ahead. We hope you tune in again next week. Hey,